You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 452. In this episode, I talk to Christine McAllister about why you should not start your own podcast. Today, I speak with Christine McAllister. She helps high-achieving coaches create more impact and income and attract their next clients by being amazing podcast guests. She's generated over six figures as a podcast guest herself and has been recognized as the best in the world at podcast guesting by seven-figure founders like John Lee Dumas and Dana Wild. Christine has been featured on over 100 podcasts, including twice on Entrepreneur on Fire. In this episode, we talk about why you should not start your own podcast and maybe be a guest instead. Speaking about podcasting, I want to share this review Cirque left recently. Sigrun is such an inspiration. She is so clear and she touches my heart with her way of finding the right words in each situation. Her teaching is very empathetic and authentic. Reviews like this are what keep the Sigrun show going and growing. They allow us to keep creating free quality content on a regular basis and invite high profile guests. A minute's work on your end is enough to show me and my team that you support the hard work that goes into producing each and every episode. So if you have a minute and haven't left a review yet, hop on over to the show notes at sigma.com forward slash 452 to see how you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts and receive a small gift as a thank you. There you also find all the links to Kristin McAllister. I am super excited to be here with Kristen McAllister because we are both in red if you're not seeing us on video. And we had to reschedule several times. Oh, she even has a red water bottle. And we met uh, through masterminding somewhere. So, Christine, welcome on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I could not be more excited to be here. We have just figured out that we know a lot of the same people. So this is kind of destiny to be here together. And uh, who brought us together? Uh, because we were in a, it was like a temporary mastermind or a short mastermind with John Le Dumas because of his book launch. So we're both supporters of his book launch. And there was this six week mastermind where weekly we had sessions together and we were meeting each other. And we kind of stood out because there were not so many women, right? Yes, that was it. Okay. But here we are. And we want to talk about why you should not start your own podcast, because I know you might be thinking about it. And Christine is going to tell us why you shouldn't start one. But before we get into that, so I am always curious. I'm super curious about my guests. Like, who are you? Where did you come from? Why do you do what you do? So online business, when did you start online business and what has happened on this journey? Who am I? <laughs> well, Sigrid, I think that you and I got started in this space about the same time. So you're 2013, starting yeah. an entrepreneurial journey. 2013, right? I did an online course. I didn't okay. actually start until January, 2013. Okay, cool. So I started in 2015 
but early 2015. Before that, I had a side hustle, which it was a hustle at the time, alongside uh, my job, my day job as a professor at university. And I was teaching media, which is what I had studied undergrad and grad. And I had been in broadcasting. I had worked, I worked at the Olympic Games broadcasting from 2002 to 2014. I did a documentary for PBS, which is the national, a nonprofit government run television station in the US that had aired across the US and had won some awards. And when I did that documentary, it got me my first round of clients in my online marketing business. And I really saw the power of any media platform to be able to create trust quickly. Mm. And so I ran this online marketing agency in this very small niche for five years on the side, quit my job, replaced my income in the first month, was like, why didn't I quit my job sooner? And ran that for another five years. I was booked out on referrals. It was like going you know, it's going. And I think like probably most of us who are so impact driven and high achieving, like I knew that there was another level for me, but I was also comfortable enough that I wasn't unwilling to get that uncomfortable. And what happened in early 2015 changed all of that because I was expecting my first daughter. Mm. Uh, I didn't know what I was having and I had had some infertility. I had had three early miscarriages, but this had been a perfect pregnancy. And at the very end of the pregnancy, I went to one of my last doctor's appointments to find out when I was going to go into labor. And the doctor looked at me and said, I'm sorry, your baby doesn't have a heartbeat. The baby has passed away. Ooh. Yeah. And so... I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen. The car seat was in the car. I had just had baby showers, celebrated with everyone. It was time to go put my fat ankles up on the couch and wait to go into labor, right? Mm. And so I went directly from the doctor's office to the hospital to be induced to have a baby that I, I knew had already passed away. Mm. And I had to go through labor and delivery and the trauma of like mm. sitting there with a fully pregnant belly and being handed brochures about how to plan your baby's funeral. And it just, I was like, this, this, this isn't, I can't even fathom this. No. Right. And so instead of being the girl who is, Hey, having your first baby, like I went home to an empty house with an empty nursery and nobody knew how to talk to me. Cause now I was the girl with a dead baby and I had to renegotiate everything and every relationship and every facet of my life because my, it had been flipped upside down. Hmm. Right. And so in the grief that followed, I became acutely aware of how much I had been a people pleaser because people were asking me to take care of them in their hmm. grief. And I was like, you know, it's great if I take a shower this week, like brushing my hair is bonus. Like, I'm pretty sure I can't hold your emotions around this as well. And so for the first time in my like high achieving type A, like people pleasing codependent life, I started letting people help me. And at the time it was like, we don't know what we can do for you, but we could bring you a meal. And my story was, no, you shouldn't bring me a meal. I can physically cook because I'm not holding a baby. And, you know, somebody looked at me and was like, Christine, they, they know there's nothing they can do. Let them do something. 
Mm. Right. So I did. And that kind of started this journey of awakening of my own, like, I would say spiritual awakening of my own personal development, awakening of coming to understand that this is going to define me one way or another. And that I had a choice to go one of two directions, like numb out for the rest of my life. And like, I get why people do that because the PTSD and the grief are unbearable Mm. or like rise like a Phoenix, like a golden Phoenix, like your beautiful golden hair. I always want a blunt hair from the ashes and like figure out how to create something positive and meaningful. And that was a legacy for her and for me because I wasn't scared anymore. Mm. Right. The, this, this thing had happened and it's worse than anything I could ever have imagined. So like, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. Right. And so that was my entree into stopping like you, right. Trying to figure out how to do everything on my own for free. Finally getting some help to go, what is my zone of genius? What is my thing that I meant to impact millions with as Lena Sue would say, our mutual friend and to build a business around that. And so six years ago, almost exactly, I started life with passion and I've been business coaching based on the results that I've gotten over the past six years, developed my own organic method out of fun for being the best guest ever on podcasts and have started now stepping into that zone of genius helping more people. Exactly. And I love that you are actually stepping fully into that now. It's been a journey. How does that feel when you feel like, yes, I've found my thing? Ooh, you know, it's both exhilarating and terrifying. Exactly. That's how I also feel. Like, yeah, it's terrifying because you feel like you're leaving something behind because you've picked really a narrow niche. And I'm sure listeners or those who watch us on uh, YouTube, they're thinking, yeah, but, but, but if I niche down, then, then. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. And there's all these stories about, oh, there isn't enough business. Meanwhile, I know there's 2.5 million podcasts. And that number grows every month, right? And it's so funny because how many other people do I know who are business coaches helping high achievers? But like, that's become the comfort zone. Yes. I have zero doubt or attachment in my mind around like, can I get people, can I help them? Can I, you know, help them transform their businesses and their lives and do what I say and over deliver? I'm like, yeah, that's on lock, right? But just like when I started that, probably just like you, right? When you start a new thing, it's like, can I? It's scary. It's scary. But you almost have to redefine yourself every few years. Like if you think of big companies, if they just stay doing what they did 10 years ago and 20 years ago, they don't exist. We remember what happened to Kodak. Blockbuster. (laughs) Yes. We, We had those in the US. Yeah. Yeah. Blockbuster. That was a video... Uh, kind of video rental and then Netflix came along. So that was ruined. And so you don't want to be that. We don't want to be that. So I'm so, I'm so glad that you have found your thing. 
that brings us right to the topic of this episode. Why shouldn't you start a podcast? So many people want to start a podcast. And they think it's a thing because they're seeing all their role models being podcast hosts. So what's the problem? Hmm. Well, you have an amazing top podcast and everybody listening knows how awesome Seagram's show is, right? And so what we see is the, like the, not the end result, but the result of hundreds and hundreds of consistent episodes that support and also are supported by a massive eight figure. No, not yet. (laughs) The path to eight figures. Yeah, 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 yeah. Total eight figures. Yes. In total. Almost eight, total eight figures in revenue. Yes. Forgive me. Amazing milestone. Yeah. And what we forget is that when we start a podcast, we are starting with an audience of zero, with a listenership of zero, with zero systems in place, with zero ability to monetize, no idea how to interview, no like the need to either put in the sweat equity of editing ourselves, pay someone else to edit, promote, upload, schedule, be consistent, all the things that go into creating your own version of a media platform. Whereas when you are a guest on someone's show, you have the privilege of going onto an existing warm audience where you get to borrow trust from the host who's worked very hard over a period of years to establish that trust. Mm. And by bringing you on as a guest, they're saying, hey, I think you're great. And I want my listeners to think you're great. Uh And no matter how big or small that show is, it's bigger than zero. Yes. And they have systems in place to promote you. And they have investments of time and money to get you to all of the places where their people consume the content, YouTube, Apple podcast, all the different places where people listen Mm -hmm. and watch. And all you have to do is show up and have one conversation with an amazing person talking about something that you love. And then you get to peace out and go on with your life. And that piece of content is going to be an asset that lives online as long as Apple stays in business. That sounds like a pitch for a whole new business. (laughs) (laughs) I have an amazing copywriter friend who who helped me see that, right? Because I'm over here in my jar being like, I don't know, is it a thing? I wanna help people, right? Like we were just talking about. And often our friends are the ones who are like, yes, Christine, I I will reflect it to you until you can believe it for yourself. Love it. I love how clear it is. Okay. So they shouldn't start a podcast, but be a guest instead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense, but there's someone listening out there thinking, yeah, but you know, Sigrun also started her podcast or 
there was someone who started last year and they ha- seem to have had success. So why shouldn't I? Totally. I'm not saying don't do it at all. I started mine. Let's just say at the beginning of the pandemic, because it's a really easy marker. Everyone remembers what they were doing, where they were. March 13th around that time, right? Exactly. The day my kids came home from school after one day of my ideal childcare situation. <laughs> one day. <laughs> forget that. So, so what I had done, a lot of people told me, because I love to interview, I love to be interviewed, and I love to coach. Those are my three zones of genius, right? It's all I want to do. And so a lot of people told me, oh, you'll be great. I had this documentary I'd interviewed everyone for. I worked at the Olympics. I had all this experience with helping people be comfortable on camera, on mic. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. And I was like, I'm not doing it until I find a way to make it fun. Mm-hmm. Because what I was seeing is a lot of people were churning, churning and going, where's next week's episode going to come from? Oh gosh, what am I going to talk about next? Just grasping. And the last thing that I wanted in my business was another thing that I had to worry about being consistent with, mm-hmm. right? So it, I would say if you want to go on a podcast or if you want to have your own podcast, like go, great, go on a bunch of them first, hone your message, make friends with some really amazing hosts by being the best guest ever with what we're talking about. And then once you really understand how the world works a little bit more and you've honed your own skills on the other side, you're going to know how to be a great host based mm-hmm. on what you liked and what you didn't like from these shows that you got to try out like very low pressure comparatively for free. And when it all comes together and you go, this is the way that I get to be my own version of Seagren, then it becomes fun instead of creating another thing in your business that feels like it's a job, which is like what we're naturally going to tend to do unless we do the work, right? But the last thing that you actually want when you are running your own business. Mm, totally, totally. I I wasn't a guest necessarily on so many podcasts before I started my own. Well, yes, kind of, but I had gone to social media marketing world every year and I knew all these speakers. And when it came to my podcast, I just boom, 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 boom. I knew exactly who to reach out to. Not a single person said no to me. And I've gotten everyone on the show that I wanted to get on. But that doesn't come from not doing the work beforehand. And I think either you go to conferences and get to know people or you are on their show already or in their programs or however, but you need to know people. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then you need to be willing to do that. Uh, you know, I I kind of loved setting up my podcast system, you know? Hmm. Yeah. There was a I part see. of me like, yeah, there's a part of me like, hey, let's automate that. Let's automate that. So when people book on the show, mm-hmm. they have to fill out all the information and then it goes to the Google Doc and then my team has it and da, 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 and they get notified on Dropbox when everything has been saved there. This is not for the faint of heart. And then you said the hours, you know, it's 
I decided I was not going to start a podcast unless I knew instantly 100 topics. I gave myself two hours. I was on a plane. I think it's good to be on a plane for my head, my, 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 my mind at least, because then there's the vi- no Wi-Fi. Well, except now they all have Wi-Fi, but I was writing. And if I wouldn't have 100, I was not going to do it. Mm. I love that. Yeah. You never have to worry about what to talk about. No. Okay. So if the solution is to be a guest on a podcast, at least first, what are your tips to be an amazing guest? Someone that people remember and follow and potentially buy from in the future. Yes. Yes. And I would say that, okay, so the mindset is going in to create a relationship rather than a transaction. Mm-hmm. So as our friend John Lee Dumas says, most podcast guests are actually vampires. Wow. Who show up yeah. to suck what they can out of the host and the audience, pitch, get their talking points across, and peace out. I've had a person like that. Well, multiple people, but one in particular. And this person was quite known, and I was excited to have her on my podcast. Oh, I said her. Well, okay, it's a woman. And I started to feel awful during the interview. I was really like, Like, yeah, like someone was sucking the blood out of me. That's how I felt. And after I recorded it, I was like, here, I have a choice. Do I release this episode because she is famous? Yeah. Or do I, you know, stay in integrity with myself on the show and not release it? And I decided not to release the episode. And I didn't even, I never contacted the person. She never asked. Mm. I guess she probably knew what she had done. Mm. Or... Maybe worse. I don't know which is worse. She didn't care. Yeah. She was just there oh, to take a box. Probably. She didn't care. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. Right. And so you and I were talking about how we both like disruptive topics. I really want to disrupt the way that podcast guesting is done. Because when you do it, of course, the way I think I do it is right. Of course. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, I would be out of integrity and that would suck. Um, but when you do it right, what winds up happening is you connect with other amazing humans that you basically the podcast pitch interview and pre-chat and post-chat is just like your first, your first date in terms of a friend. Yes. You have a new friend through your podcast guest. Yeah. You have a new friend if you do it correctly. Yes. Do it correctly. And the audience inherently the audience is going to feel that because they're going to feel how the host responds to you because you're not being a vampire. You're in it for like real engaging conversation. That's a win for the host, a win for the audience and a win for you. And they're going to be attracted to you. So it's like, it is a kind of subversive, but also extremely impact driven human approach to this one particular platform. Perfect. When you say this, I was thinking I had someone on the show and it was like this. It was instant. Like, hey, we're going to be friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people ha- are wanting to speak at the Self-Made Summit in Reykjavik, Iceland next year. I bet. Of course. And I'm getting pitched all the time. 
And we decline everyone who's not making seven figures. That's easy. You're not mm-hmm. making seven figures, mm-hmm. but everyone else, I'm like, we even have people making nine figures who want to speak. It was a man, very famous. And I had to decline him. I'm like, you're not my ideal speaker. But there are many others. And I'm like, still have to decline people. But then someone came on the podcast and I had this instant feeling of like, she was not there. She was no vampire. She was there to serve. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had as a particular topic and she was willing to go really deep. So the listeners like, I sent my listeners over to the episode and say, if you want to learn this, you go there. Mm-hmm. That's how good it was. Mm-hmm. What did I do after the show? Invited her to speak at my conference. Love that. Right. And that's the power of showing up in an like authentic, intentional, authentic way. In fact, Sigrun, I was upstairs making some tea. Offices in the basement. I was upstairs making some tea. My partner was working on the couch. And I said, I'm going to go talk to Sigrun. And he's somebody who doesn't really pay a lot of attention to most of it, just goes in one ear and out the other. And he was like, is that that, is that that woman that you keep telling me that we should go to her, her conference in Iceland? And I was like, yes, it is. And he was like, the one who wears red all the time. <laughs> yes, it is. He was like, the branding. It's so good. Even I remembered it. And I was like, see, so it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Okay. So besides not being a vampire. Yeah. Uh, showing up authentically wanting to serve yeah. like any other tips for those of who course. kind of like cannot imagine this yet. Yeah. So that's the frame. Okay. Everything else that we're going to talk about are like, how do you walk that out? Mm-hmm. So it begins with choosing people to validate, to pitch, to check out, to lightly internet stock that you would actually want to be friends with. Mm-hmm right? Because you're going to put some effort into personalizing this, researching them. And so you want to make sure you're not just doing it to get in front of them because they have a big audience. That's Mm -hmm. being a vampire. Yeah. Right. So it needs to be a combination of somebody you would actually want to hang out with Mm -hmm. on a zoom date or in person, right? Somebody who talks to the kind of people you would like to hang out with and somebody who has a similar, right. They have a similar, like, um, whatever you want to call it, vibe or energy or approach. So you like them as a person. That's thing one, right? Thing two is check them out a little bit. Are they accepting guests? Are they still producing shows? A lot of the top podcasts quit a long time ago, but because they've been around for so long, they Mm -hmm. still rank, right? Or they still come up in searches. So you want to do a little bit of that first. And then you want to think about, you want to listen to at least one episode. Yes. Right? Double validate that that whole idea of the the vibe check and find some things that you have in common, okay? This person is out there on the internet and they have episodes and they probably have a website and a description and all of that stuff. It's easy to match make. And I'm sure you get pitched all the time and I get pitched all the time and the pitches, (laughs) right? I mean, they are copy and paste And they are clearly only either in it for themselves or as an agent on behalf of the person who's paid them to book. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is transactional. This Mm -hmm. is what's wrong with, this is what's wrong with podcast guesting, right? So you get to go in and you get to be a human who's like, I love this about you, Stegren, 
We're both obsessed with red. You know, we have these things in common. We've been in business about the same amount of time. We talk to the same people. You know, here's how I think that I can really serve your audience well and be specific, Mm -hmm. which by the way, requires you to know your expert topics and be willing to say that you're an expert and all of those things that are in the work that we're doing when we're aspiring entrepreneurs on our way to six figures, right? Before we've really, really validated, okay, this is the thing that I'm going to talk about at least for a while Mm -hmm. and that people are going to buy from me, right? So that's the pitch is like you show up different than the other 400 pitches that Seagram gets up on, right? You rise to the top. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you find that that's true that most of the pitches that you get are like copy and paste? Absolutely. They sometimes have deer and there's some other name on it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. My favorite one was a publicist who had the big signature. I'm a publicist or whatever. And it said, I especially enjoyed and the letter X episode. They forgot to fill it out. (laughs) And I was like, oh no, this client, whatever you paid your publicist was too much because that's the, that's like, you can't go, just don't even put that sentence in there. If you're, you know what I mean? Like talk about a rush job. Yeah. So, and delete. Uh, so So this is like, this is such an easy way to stand out. And it's just like when I was a professor, I would tell my students, if you upload your same resume to every job that's looking, you're going to appear like everybody else who's applying. Not that any of us here ever want to have to use a resume ever again, right? But if you apply the same principle, both of them are to get an interview, a pitch, resume, to get an interview. The more you look assuming you're being authentic and ethical, the more you look like the perfect fit for that host, that that host is going to enjoy hanging out with you, that audience is going to enjoy hanging out with you, and that you talk about what you're going to do for the host. Like, hey, you're going to share it with your audience, even if it's small, because what does the host want? Yeah. They want to grow their show. Exactly. Right? You're going to show up value-driven. And this is easy to figure out also when people fill out a podcast form we have them actually, we ask specifically, I don't know where I saw this or how I got the idea, but we started to ask people to suggest two guests yep. and to tell us also where they would promote. And it's kind of obvious when someone fills out the form and is not willing to promote or they say they will. And then when they won't, you know, Yep. And every podcast, even the biggest ones are struggling with growth because it's very hard to promote audio compared to video and text. So guests that promote are very valued. Totally. And then, so if you show up that way, right, then by the time you actually get on the phone or Zoom or whatever with the host, they're excited to be talking to you. So like this person really cares about me, my show, my listeners, and I want to get to know them better. And then you get to have a great real conversation with them and find out about what they care about and speak directly to their audience. And you really, again, it's the start of a longer term relationship where you all can open doors for each other that you wouldn't if you just showed up because somebody plopped you into an interview 
and you were just like, hi, what are we talking about? Okay, here are my talking points. All right, thanks for having me. See you in bite. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it happens. So you have now made this your thing. Like yeah. this is what you teach others. So now you've shared a lot of tips with us. Fantastic. What, when you teach, like how does that go deeper? Like how, what could one expect that would work with you, for instance? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, so like I said, my goal is to change the way that people approach this to make it a more relational uh, in industry or relational thing. Yeah. And so I want to help people who want to do it themselves, like I did for five years, uh, figuring all of this out. Of course, making a lot of mistakes along the way, right? Mm -hmm. What works, what doesn't. And so I teach people in a one-off masterclass um, training mm -hmm. a workshop where you get my, get my pitch and so that you can have a template and you get like the 90 minute version of this. Oh, yes. Yeah. Don't have time to cover here. Right? Yes. And, um, and then you can take it and run with it. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then I also work with people who are like usually beyond six figures who, like the idea of this being a relational thing, mm -hmm. expanding their, their impact and their network and their income, of course. And I help them position themselves. Uh, I work with them. It's done for you, but I help work with them to extract what makes them special, right? Their it factor and their expert topics and all that. And then I coach them on how to be amazing value-driven guests. And then me and my team uh, source, vet, uh, pitch, and book the shows for them and make sure that we're getting them in front of the right top 5% shows and above and that they are that they have what they need to really be able to show up as a person of value uh, before during and after the show so that like we said it's a win 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 yeah i love it absolutely love it so now there are some listeners or those who watch us decided possibly to postpone their podcast idea, but be an amazing guest in that because you have really convinced us. Although I never say you should convince anyone, you have inspired us, motivated us to be an amazing guest. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you? We're going to link it in the show notes, of course, but what's the best way? Yeah, you have a free podcast guesting checklist. It's mm -hmm. at bit.ly slash podcast hyphen guesting hyphen checklist. And you grab that and you can connect with me on social from there. Fabulous. I encourage everyone to grab that checklist. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Christine. I know this is not the last time we connect and I am hoping to see you in Iceland, of course, too. Yeah. Thank you. Me too. If you haven't left a review yet for the Sigrun Show podcast, hop on over to the show notes at sigrun.com forward slash 452 to see how you can leave a review on the podcast and receive a small thank you gift. There you will also find all the links to Kristin McAllister. Thank you for listening to the Sigrun Show. See you on the next episode.